cute, huh? I have plenty of memories from when my dad was in corn. I love you, Daddy. Peekaboo. It changed my perspective on how I saw, like, love. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode 210. Releasing in Australian cinemas on May 15 is Loud Crazy Love, a documentary that focuses on the tumultuous life of corn guitarist Brian Head Welch, whose journey from new metal star to single father and evangelical Christian is captured in raw, intimate detail for the world to see. A movie about faith, music, the search for purpose, and a father's love for his daughter, Loud Crazy Love goes beyond the usual rock documentary and delves into matters both intimate and universal. I had the pleasure of interviewing Brian about the movie a few days ago. Here is our conversation. So I guess my first question is, you are a very transparent person when it comes to your, your life journey. You, you've released a few books. Your, your music is very autobiographical. Um, what was it about the appeal of a, a movie, a documentary, that you thought would be a good way to present your story? I just thought it was a, a logical next you know, because I had written books, I had shared so much of, uh, you know, my personal personal life and and my inner life, you know, that that the the man behind the face, or you know, or, or if you will. But uh, I just thought it was a good next step. And also, since 2005, I had I had thought. I'd had the idea in the back of my mind and I had all kinds of good footage and was still collecting good footage just because that's what I do. I like, I like to have memories and everything, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. so, you know, I I just, because of those factors and it coming together and, and uh, a team coming to form around me to believe in it, it just happened. It it materialized, you know? (laughs) Speaking of that team, um, the film's directed by Trey Hill and, and Scott Mayo. Um, how did you meet those guys? Did you know of them beforehand? Did they approach you? Did you approach them? How did it all? How did that ball begin to roll? That's a great question. Uh, yeah, I uh, I met them in 2008, and uh, there's a there's a website called IamSecond.com, mm-hmm. and it and it films it, it, since 2008. It has filmed. Uh, stories, life stories of people that are in, you know, either sports or entertainment or, you know, something like that. But there are like, you know, regular people in in business or whatever also that they filmed. But majority of it is people in the public eye and their short stories of of their, you know, how they've changed their lives or something like that. You know, and so. And so I, they filmed those short stories back then, and I met them then, and we just stayed in contact over the years, and they've become friends, you know. And so uh, when when they approached me, I was a I know like I was a fan of their work, and and I knew that they could rise to the occasion and do something special, and that they did. This documentary. It's it's a story about your journey, but it's also a story about your daughter uh, Gianna's story as well. Um, was that something that you knew was going to be? There's going to be like that in the beginning, or did that just come about organically? It came about organically. 
mechanically. And uh, and so the first cut was two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> and um, it was majority, the story was majority about corn, mm-hmm. my return to corn after being gone almost a decade. And so um, once we showed it to people and got feedback from people, the consensus was that the 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 most important part of the story was the father and daughter aspect of it, and so we condensed it down and, and you know and edited it and took out a lot of because there was a lot of behind the scenes like us in dressing rooms, you know, and it was cool but it was just kind of been done already, you know, and yeah. so we trimmed. The, the fat, so to speak, and got it down to 90 minutes and focused on the father and daughter um, story arc. And, uh, and it was, yeah, that was, that was the key thing, that, and it really brought it together because it, it's more than music, you know. This, the film, was, you know, it's, more, it's about family. It's about, you know, healing. And it's about, you know, perseverance to, uh, to, to get your healing. You know? When I was watching the movie... You talked about the birth of your daughter. I am the father of two boys. Um, and you, you touched on something that really resonated with me. And that was when you see your child born, you are overcome with this overwhelming kind of experience. It's an overwhelming experience, a feeling of unconditional love. But at the same time, you're just scared shitless. You don't know what's going to be, what's going to happen around <laughs> the corner. Um, but you were quite young as well. You were 25 years old when you had your daughter. Who do you turn to for help during those times when you don't know what's around the corner and you need advice for something like that? Um, I was 28. 28. Um, but yeah, but I was, uh, dude, I turned to anyone and everyone, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm going to screw this up. What do I do here? What do I do? And, and I was, I was so scared just that, um, that we would harm her because, uh, you know, accidentally because she was so fragile. And, and, uh, so yeah, I got advice from my parents or my, my wife's parents, my ex-wife's parents or, you know, friends that, you know, some of my band members, uh, uh, two of them had, had, um, babies by then. And so we would, you know, I couldn't text them, but I could call them, you know. <laughs> I'm a big fan of heavy metal of all facets, including your band, um, and with that, I've heard a lot about stories from other um, musicians as well about no matter how much money they made, no matter the fame they, uh, they've accumulated, there's a, there's a sense of emptiness at times while on the road. Um, where does that come from? Is it is it a thing? Does it feel does fame feel something like something of a burden? Is it the schedule that you have? Is it the boredom and the easy access to things like drugs and the alcohol? Where where, where does that kind of that burden kind of come from? I think it's the, uh, you know, we're not we're not meant to travel. You know, that's why every most all families like they they find a place and they and they get a home and they build a life there. You know, and so we're not wired naturally to get in a, in a vehicle and travel to a different place over and over and over again. And we can do it, but we're not wired for it. It's not our natural you know, instinct or whatever like that, you know, and so, so, um, I think it just has something to do with, with, 
making you feel off balance emotionally, mentally, um, spiritually, whatever you want to call it. It's just that we're not meant to be doing that, you know, full on. And so, and so it just, you know, there, there comes like a cloud over you. The first week traveling is usually fun because it's new. You've been home for a while and you're traveling and you're hanging out with the guys. And then week two, you start to get tired. This is for all of my friends. This is what happens. Week three, you're, you're like, I, I want to be at home, mm. you know, and you're just dwelling on that, and you're, you, you feel a little depression and everything. Week four, you're like, done. <laughs> you're like counting the days, you know, and uh, but still trying to have fun. You know, it's not like agony or nothing. I mean, you've got a good career. You're traveling. You're, you know, but it's just what it does to the emotions. And then any, any time after that, you just kind of, you know, go with it, and you just. You know, well, two more weeks left or whatever. It's like this summer we're doing six weeks with my band. And so, you know, we'll just make the best out of it. But that's what you kind of feel inside. You know, like three weeks in, you feel like you're on the road for, it feels like two months. What's the longest period you've been on the road? Like, uh, was it, would it have been like four or five months, maybe maybe more? Non-stop. Mm-hmm. Um, we've never done more than two or three months. Um, without coming home, you mm. know. So, usually people at least take a break. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm also a, a Christian. Uh, I returned to the faith back in 2008 or so. And there's something that you mentioned uh, yeah. um, in your documentary about when you first went to church, when you were in a, in a place of worship, you felt a certain surrender, a certain peace. Um, and it's something that I can relate to as well. When I start, when I first started going back to church as well, I had the same kind of feeling. Is that something you still feel um, when you're in a place of worship? Like a surrender? Yeah, kind of like, well, for myself, I feel like a certain surrender, a certain a peace, a certain sense of peace when I'm in, when I'm in church. Yes, me too. And then I do that when I focus, you know. It's like church can be in my car, driving down the road in the afternoon, you know. It's like just make me connecting with God. And so, um, yeah, it's, a. I feel that surrender and that, and that surrender equals, wow, I can let go. So mm-hmm. surrendering is, is letting go of control of everything, you know? And so that really, it really feels good. You know, some people think surrender and they think, Oh gosh, I don't want to give my life up, you know? Yeah. But in reality, you're letting go of stress. You're letting go of, um, trying to control everything. You're letting go of taking the position of God, trying to be God over your own life, you know? And uh, and so, yeah, to me, it just equals that peace. That's why that peace comes. It's because someone that cares so deeply for you is leading you and in control of your life and helping you make decisions, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, as, a, as a heavy metal fan and as a Christian, I always find it interesting how the two worlds kind of, can, can be in conflict at times, but there's a parallel between the two as well. And I'm kind of surprised how over the years, certain members of the heavy metal community have come out as Christians. You have members from Megadeth and Iron Maiden and from other bands as well. Um, what about yourself? Have you seen a kind of growing Christian community within the bands that you've toured with? Um, definitely people are, are more spiritual nowadays. It's crazy. Like, I mean, just so many and they're and, and if not if they're not um, 
Christians already, they're just open to talking about it. And it's like, because it looks different now, like the face of Christianity has changed. Before, it was just judgmental, and it was like, you know, you have to be separate from the world, and you have to, you know, um, you can't be in this music, or, 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 you know, it just was, in America, it was just like laughable, you know, a few decades ago, because... You know, it was like The Simpsons, you know, that, that show, The Simpsons. It's like, you know, people thought of Christians like the Ned Flanders character. Yeah. You know, just like annoying people that thought they were just too good or, or holier than than everybody else, you know, and uh, and everyone's going to hell or whatever. And so nowadays it's like, you know, you can show you're, you're a complete mess without God and that, and that he's the one that's perfect, you know not you, and that you don't judge others, you know, that's why I think God has called me to just, just back to the band and just stay in that atmosphere, because he's changing the way Jesus really is, you know, he's, he's, he's shown the authentic faith, and uh, the real acceptance of actually everybody, you know, everybody is welcome to come to him, so it's pretty cool to be a part of that. I found it really interesting that when you were going through your own faith journey, your bandmate and bass player Fieldy, he he converted back to Christianity as well. Was that something that was happening at the same time, or did you have a certain influence on that as, on on his conversion? I had not any influence whatsoever to him. It was really wild how it happened because you know Fieldy, his dad became a Christian when we were like 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And his dad was a massive, his dad was a musician too, and he played like around in clubs and it just partied a lot, like drank so much and did drugs. And and uh, so we were shocked when he changed to be a Christian and we we're like, oh no, he's going to be one of those weird guys, right? And then, uh, and so, you know, his dad at first like shoved it, shoved it down his throat and then after seeing that didn't work he just kind of loved on him you know just wanted a relationship with him and then so so what happened was I became a Christian I left the band and I and I you know I, I went to follow God my own way to be with my daughter and then um, I just you know I was at home all the time and while I was gone Fieldy's dad passed away and and that's when he decided to just, you know, seek out the Bible and just see if there's any truth in there because his dad, like, suddenly passed away at a young age. You mm-hmm. know, he was in his 50s or something. And uh, and so so that was it. And he just, he picked up, opened the Bible, and he's never, pu- he's never put it away since that day. And it was all on his own, not even, you know, with me at all. But he stayed in the band, and I left. And I was confused with that. You know, people were too. Like, fans were confused. Why can't Brian be in the band and feel the, you know? And so, yeah. I think that goes to show that people need to go with their own path sometimes to reach the place that God needs them to be. Exactly. It's, everyone's got their own unique journey. And that was just a, a cool picture of that. I would tell people, once I understood that, you know, and grew a little, I was like, I was like, that's, this is the key to this whole thing. It's a personal relationship. And what God tells one person may not tell exactly the, the next person. It's a, it's a personal relationship. 
And um, I think it's a relationship that you share so eloquently and so intimately uh, through your work and also through this movie, um, Loud Crazy Love. It comes out in Australia next week. I can't, I can, I can't wait for people to watch this film. And um, Brian Walsh, I, thank you very much for joining me today. Congratulations uh, with your achievements and congratulations uh, with the movie. Thank you so much. That means a lot that you say that. And I'm so looking forward that I'm coming to Australia on Saturday to do some promo and to hang out and go to some of the showings. So thank you, and I hope to meet you face-to-face there. Oh, that'll be awesome. And uh, look, once again, congratulations, and um, enjoy your travel to Sydney, and I hope you like your time in Sydney when you're here. All right, man. All right, good talking to you. You too. Goodbye.